In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. We celebrate the great feast of Corpus Christi this weekend, the body and blood of Jesus that is the Eucharist. And all three of our readings talk about blood. Our first reading paints for us a scene of the Israelites in the desert. Moses has received the law from God on Mount Sinai, and now he comes down to tell the people about it. They respond, We will do everything that the Lord has told us, which, (laughs) irony alert, they don't, and in less than ten chapters make the golden calf. But that's another story. When the people of Israel respond this way, Moses does three things. First, he creates an altar there for sacrificing animals. Two, he writes down all the words of the Lord he has received. And then three, he conducts a ritual to mark the new covenant made with God. This ritual is the second half of our reading. He reads aloud the book that he's written to the people. Again, they respond, all that the Lord has said, we will heed and do. And then at this point, Moses does something that seems kind of gross. He takes the blood of the animals that had been slaughtered and splits them into two basins. He sprinkles the contents of the first basin upon the altar he created, and then the other half of the blood he sprinkles on the people. Kind of gross. But blood was seen in those days as the source of life. Think about it. Everything living, at least as they understood biology, had some sort of blood running through it. And when something dies, the blood stops moving. So blood belonged to God. And to be sprinkled with blood meant that one was being set apart or consecrated, for God. Blood plays a role in our second reading as well. The author of the letter to the Hebrews is going to make a contrast between the offering of the former high priest in the temple and the offering of Jesus Christ. Now, in order to understand the contrast, we need a little background on the former work of the high priest. You see, each year on Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, a bull and a goat would be slaughtered at the temple. Then the high priest would take the blood of these animals enter into the Holy of Holies in the temple, which was totally off-limits every other day of the year, and then sprinkle the blood on the Ark of the Covenant. This would happen every year and be seen as a way for the sins of the people and the priest to be cleansed. Yet the author of this passage wants to contrast this annual action with the action of Jesus. He says that Jesus entered once for all into the sanctuary, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood thus obtaining eternal redemption. He'll continue by demonstrating the difference in the blood of animals with the blood of Christ, who, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself unblemished to God. And notice that the Spirit is described as eternal here. The whole point of emphasis is that Jesus' singular action of priestly offering, when he offered himself on the cross, is the once and for all atoning sacrifice. Our Gospel is Mark's account of the Last Supper, Before we get to the portion we know so well, when Jesus says, this is my body and this is my blood, we have to set the stage. You see, at Passover, every Jewish person had to travel to Jerusalem. Each family or group celebrating Passover together would have to offer their lamb at the temple before the dinner. After the lamb was inspected, it was slaughtered and its blood collected to be sprinkled on the altar, which should remind us of our other two readings. 
After this, then the lamb was given back to the family so that they could go off and roast it to celebrate the Passover somewhere within the city of Jerusalem. With all of this in mind, the gospel begins with, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, and while it is possible to read this they as a generic they referring to all the people, I contend that the they really stands for Jesus and his disciples. We need to picture Jesus and his disciples standing around the temple after the lamb has been sacrificed when we hear this gospel. And Jesus' disciples really want to know, hey, where are we eating Passover tonight? Jesus' response has a bit of a cloak and dagger feel to it. He sends two of his disciples into the city, a way to refer to that which surrounded the temple, to find a man carrying a jar of water. This is unique because at the time, only women carried jars of water. Men carried water in leather bottles. Once they find this man, they follow him and set up for the Passover where he leads them. All of this reminds us that Jesus is a wanted man. He and his disciples have to remain hidden in the shadows until Jesus celebrates Passover with his disciples. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ in year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.